How about that? Wow, I can't believe we're, uh, we're in Holy Week here. And um, we are, today, we're going to take a look at a story that we've probably heard quite a few times. And one of the challenges sometimes when you uh, share messages from stories that you've heard over and over and over again is that you run the risk of maybe not having a fresh take on that story. Um, and, and the temptation as the listener might be, yeah, okay, Jesus rode on a donkey, they waved palms, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm going to ask you to make this a no blah, blah, blah zone today, okay? Uh, I would like for us to, uh, I'd like for us to see some things here in the scripture that kind of jumped out at me as we were uh, preparing for today's message. And I think you'll be blessed by this. So we're in Luke 19, and we're going to be starting in verse 28. The title of my message is this, The King is Coming. The King is Coming. The King is Coming. And I, uh, I want to specifically look at this story here today, because I found some things here that I think we can apply to our lives in a pretty profound way that uh, I want to I share with you. I'm going to say this again in just a few moments, but I want to say this right now. I believe that the king of all kings wants to make a triumphal entry into your life and into your home and into your situation, whatever that might be. I believe that Jesus wants to arrive triumphantly where you are in life right now. And again, I look from this side to this side, and I know that there are different people going through different things that need something from God today, or we're at different places in our spiritual journey. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that he can meet each and every one of us right where we are currently spiritually. And that's my prayer today. So having said that, I want to jump into the scripture. Now, if you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? And we're going to start in uh, verse 28 of Luke chapter 19. And I'm in the New International Version here today. And why don't you follow along with me? And again, if you don't have a Bible with you, you can take a look at the screen and we'll have our scriptures there as well, okay? Here we go. Verse 28 says, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and they put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, 
he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The day will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children with your, uh, within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Lord Jesus, your word is already anointed. I pray now that you would bless the presentation of your word. And God, do so in such a way that it not only moves us, but it stirs us, Lord God, to be different by the time we leave. And that's, that's only through your word and through your Holy Spirit that that happens. So Lord, have your way and speak to us now in your precious name. And we all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Palm Sunday. Now, if you're kind of new to to Christianity, uh, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the four uh, books of the Bible that we call the Gospels. And those are basically um, books that are written about the life and the ministry of Jesus. And different Gospels give different perspectives on uh, each story. And we have other Gospel writers that talk about uh, how when Jesus was entering into Jerusalem, people were waving palm branches, and they also laid their cloaks uh, on the road. And so that's where we get Palm Sunday, is is that. Um, I want to take kind of a different spin on this passage of Scripture today. Uh, And I want to make this statement one more time. The Lord desires to make a triumphal entry into each of our lives. And and this morning, I'm speaking speaking to two groups of people. I'm speaking to the person who is what we would call the believer, the, 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 the person who is currently following Jesus Christ. I believe, and, and see, here's, here's the problem, because this person can sometimes be the most difficult to see the Holy Spirit break through to, because we've heard it all. Some of us, we've grown up in the church. We've been in the church for quite some time. I grew up in the I don't even know my life without church. Now, not all of you are like that, uh, but that's me. So I've heard this story for probably all 29-ish years of my life. I said ish. <laughs> and then some of us, uh, some of us would, would hear this and think, well, what could this possibly say to me? I believe that the triumphal entry that God wants to make into the life of the believer is for his presence to be so much more real. And for our relationship with him to be so much more real. Not a religious Sunday thing, but a daily thing where God is alive in us and, his, and, and we, we spend time with the Lord. There's a real relationship with him. And so I believe that God wants to enter into our lives brand new for many of us. Uh, and then to the unbeliever, if you're here today and you're far from God, if you're here today and, and, and 
you're not serving Jesus. I will tell you that the triumphal entry that Jesus wants to make in your life is to come into your life to stay. Jesus desires to be your Lord and to be your Savior, to change your life completely. Well, I don't need my life changed. Oh, just by making that statement, you have told us that you definitely need a life change because the whole goal of Jesus' work in us is to change us every single day. The Lord wants me to be closer to Him by the time I lay my head on my pillow tonight. He wants me to be closer to Him and a stronger believer in Him than I was when I woke up this morning. It's a constant change where I'm constantly becoming more and more and more like Jesus. And to those of us who maybe have never made that decision, the Lord wants to become your Savior, your very best friend, the one that can give you a brand new start, the one who can give you strength when you need it the most, the one who can change your life and deliver you completely. Many of you in here can testify how Jesus has radically changed your life for the good. And that's what I offer to all of us today. So as I was looking at the scripture, I found some some actions that took place that I think many of us can relate to. Because I have found that when I ask Jesus to be my Savior, and when I get on this journey of serving God, there's some things that come up in my life sometimes that, how many of you know, can be challenging to navigate. <laughs> they can be challenging to go through and challenging to figure out. And I, I just want to make this story as basic as I can to us because I really think it speaks a powerful message. Let me show you what I mean. First of all, I would like to identify this, that in this story, there was what I would call a wondering. Wondering. Jesus, I wonder what's going on. Have you ever asked Jesus that question? Maybe recently. Lord, what is going on? I don't get this. I don't understand this. This is a little different for me, Jesus. May I show you how this whole story begins? And I think it had some disciples and some other people kind of scratching their heads saying, huh? Let me show you. Look at verse 28. It says this. After Jesus said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill, called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, now get this. You ready for this? Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one's ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. Jesus, is that a felony? This kind of gets lost in the story, doesn't it? Hi, guys. I want you to walk into that town and (laughs) steal a donkey. Okay. Not steal, steal. but but, And and here's what he says. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Oh, yeah. That'll keep us out of jail. Try doing that at Walmart. (laughs) Right? Walking out with a big screen TV. The Lord needs it. (laughs) 
you know. Continues. Those who were sent ahead of him went and found it just as he had told them. I got to pause here. I got to pause here with verse 32 because here's the deal. Anytime Jesus tells you anything, anytime you read something in God's word, it's always going to be just as he said. That was free. That's not even part of my message. Verse 33, as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. Now, how many of you know the disciples were probably wondering what is going on here? Let's make this 21st century, okay? Let's say Jesus would say, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk into Brimfield, and you're going to see a car in a driveway. Hotwire that thing and bring it to me. And if anybody asks you, just say, the Lord needs it. Now, how many of you know that would cause the disciples to say, what? Not only them, but hey, let's be honest. How about the owner of the car? So you've got some things going on here that it's just kind of, wow, this, this is, uh, Jesus, this is a little out of my comfort zone. This is different. Jesus, I don't understand what's going on here. Jesus, I read your word. I read your word, okay? And your word tells me to do this. But, but this kind of goes against what I understand. This kind of goes against, you know, I'm supposed to forgive. I'd rather slash their tires. I don't want to forgive. I want to I, I throat punch them. I don't want to forgive. Or, or it says, you know, watch, watch the words that you say. Oh, but Jesus, you don't understand. They have it coming. Hmm. And, 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 and Jesus says, no, no. And see, and, and what happens, we read God's word and it instructs us to do things that will go against our natural makeup. That change that I'm talking about, God will often lead you to do things that are out of your comfort zone. Maybe you're in a situation. It's not like you've been led or instructed by Jesus to do anything, but maybe you just find yourself at a point in your life where you're wondering, there's that word again, what's going on? Have you ever asked, Jesus, what did I do to deserve this? Okay, don't ever ask that question. That's not how Jesus operates. Oh, you forgot to pray? Oh, there you go. Night allergies, hay fever, boom. You know, that's, that's not what he does. And, 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 Sometimes your job situation can change or become difficult, and you're wondering, what's going on? Maybe your health, your physical health, or maybe even your mental health has been challenged. And you're asking yourself, what, what's going on? Maybe you and your friends or you and your family are in a difficult spot right now. You're at a tough place. And again, you're asking, you're wondering, 
what's going on? You're, you're confused. Or maybe you yourself, you're just feeling very isolated and very alone. And you don't quite understand what's going on. As a type A person that you're looking at, who loves to figure everything out, that's how I'm wired. May I free you from the need to always have to figure God out. Sometimes the Lord will give a basic response. Tell him the Lord needs it. Well, shouldn't I have like a waiver, Jesus, or proof of insurance before I take this colt? No, just tell him the Lord needs it. Well, how am I going to pay my bills, Jesus? I've got to. What if I get rejected? What, what if, what, all these what ifs. Because for me, I play out scenarios like you wouldn't believe with everything. And sometimes I just have to trust God in the midst of my confusion. Here's my word for you wanderers today. God has a purpose even in the midst of your confusion. Well, I don't understand it. You don't have to. I'll say it again. Oh, and I hate this sometimes. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that I, as, a, as a follower of Jesus, this drives me crazy. It does. It, it's, this is hard for me. Because I want answers. And I want a plan. And I want a game plan. And if that plan doesn't work, I want plan B. And then I want plan C in my pocket. And sometimes Jesus just says, this is where you need to trust me. Secondly, not only was there a wondering, but there was a welcoming. There was a welcoming that took place. So they get the colt, they bring it to Jesus, and the story picks up there in verse 35. Take a look at this. They brought it to Jesus, the colt, they threw their cloaks on the colt and they put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. I want you to take a closer look at what the disciples did. The disciples made Jesus as comfortable as possible with this cult. I don't want you to miss this. How comfortable is it for Jesus to make a triumphal entry into your life? See, because sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes we ask Jesus to come on in, Jesus, come into my life. And Jesus says, all right, oh, we got some stuff we got to take care of here. Oh, no, 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 don't touch my stuff. Just come on, <laughs> Jesus, come on my terms. 
And he doesn't do that. I've noticed that when Jesus enters into my life, there's a work that he starts doing. And sometimes he's got to take care of some stuff in my life. And, and I need to do what I can. If I'm welcoming Jesus into my life, I need to make it as comfortable as I can for him to enter in. And it's going to be hard for me to do that if I have sinned in my life. It's going to be hard for me to do that if there are some things in my life that I just won't address or give up. And they made Jesus as comfortable as they could. They put their own cloaks, self-sacrifice. They, boy, I could do a whole sermon on these cloaks. They, self-sacrifice in order for Jesus to do what he needed to do in this situation. What act of self-sacrifice could you do for Jesus to do something eternal in your life? Not only that, but they, they, they gave him praise. And let me tell you, we need to regularly give God praise. Not just Sunday morning. Not with five songs. If the extent of your worship of Jesus is just whatever songs that we choose for the worship list on Sunday morning, you are missing out on something huge. Did you know, did you know that you could worship God on your own? Now, don't, don't, be, don't be saying, well, then I guess I don't have to go to church. That's not what I'm saying. See, because there's something powerful, and the scripture talks about, there's something powerful about this dynamic about us worshiping together like this. But our worship is not limited to Sunday morning. If it is, then folks, you're almost going to have to be entertained in order to worship Jesus. Folks, I've been in, we're blessed here in this church, by the way. I'm going to tell you right now, we're blessed in this church. But there can be times where you don't have the instruments and the singers and the sound system and all this other stuff. It might just be you and God. I was in a service in South America with a guitar player. She only knew one chord. Man, could she play that chord. Now, that's not what the key of the song was in, but it was like... But man, she was giving God everything. And all the people around her were worshiping God. And I sat there and, and I thought, wow, me, me and my American, uh, American idea of what good worship really is. Oh, how dare they not have the songs in the right key? Please, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Jesus, Jesus said that, look, if these people don't praise me, the, the rocks are going to cry out here. We, we, we worship God not because we feel like it. We offer God a sacrifice of praise. I, I wake up and I worship the Lord. I, I lay my head down and I worship the Lord. I, I, God, and, and, and again, it's, it's not just singing songs. Maybe just telling God, Lord, you are so great. When you see the sunrise or when you see the sunset, that should lead you to say, oh, Lord, you are awesome. Are you hearing me today? These are the kinds of things that we can do to make it easier for Jesus to make a triumphal entry into our lives, the way that we can welcome him. There was a wondering in this story. There was a welcoming in this story. Thirdly, there was a wavering in this story. 
And I want, you, I want to make you aware of this. Because not everybody was very excited about what was going on. Verses 39 and 40. Some of the Pharisees, if you don't know who the Pharisees are, these were the religious leaders of the day. Do you know that Jesus had his harshest words to these guys? To the religious. Religion drives Jesus nuts. Well, okay, message Bible. It, it, it disturbs Jesus. It drives me nuts. So the Pharisees, here they are again, they're religious leaders, and they're in the crowd, and here's what they say, oh, praise Jesus, we're joining in on this worship fest, this is incredible, praise Jesus, is that what they said? They said, teacher, rebuke your disciples. In other words, they said, hey, Jesus, tell your disciples to shut their mouths. I don't like that. I think that's wrong. And Jesus said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Maybe you have recently taken some steps to get closer to Jesus. Maybe you have recently allowed Jesus to make some steps into your life where he wants to do something incredible. I will tell you, I'm going to tell you, there will always be someone in your life who will have a negative opinion on it. Always. Always. Well, then I shouldn't do it. Wrong. But, and, and you know what? This is where some people give up because of the negative pushback. Any stride you make for Jesus, it's going to be challenged. No victory, here you go, no victory in heaven will go unchallenged in hell. And so you've got these people, these people that should have known better. The religious, the spiritual experts, and they were the ones, they were the ones They were trying to put a damper on what was going on during this whole experience. Do not be shocked. As Jesus begins to move in your life, that there might be somebody in your life that might even come across as a spiritual giant in your life or a spiritual leader or a spiritual example who might just try to totally tear that thing apart in your life. Don't let that stop you from allowing Jesus in in the way that he wants to come in. A spouse may have an opinion. A fellow believer might have an opinion. Folks, if Jesus... See, here, here's the deal. Man, that person, they're a little wild with their worship, Pastor. Yeah. And, and I want to say, you know what? If you'd been through what they've been through, they're holding back. Understand, church, there is always a story. I've learned this in my life. I've learned this. With every reaction on the part of somebody, whether it be positive or negative, there's always a story behind it. There is a story behind it. 
When I see somebody who is just absolutely in love with Jesus, and I know that God has delivered them from addiction, and God has put their marriage back together, and, and, and God has radically changed their lives, you know what? I'm not going to get in the way of that because that makes me nothing more than a Pharisee. And I refuse to be that one. And maybe, maybe your spiritual life has been dictated and maybe the things that you can do for the Lord, whether you do it or not, that has been dictated by somebody else's opinion. I've learned that the opinions of other people don't matter compared to the opinion of Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the one whose opinion matters. I'll close with this last one. There was a wondering, there was a welcoming, there was a wavering. And at the end of this service, we look at Jesus and we saw that there was a weeping that took place. Hmm. There's so much to learn from these few verses that I'm about to read. Starting in verse 41, take a look. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. In fact, I'll stop there. He wept over it. He was broken-hearted for a group of people who were lost. I will tell you that that same response in Jesus exists today. Amen. Jesus loves lost people. And it should break our hearts when we see somebody who is lost and is in need of Jesus. Well, I like most of them, Pastor. But there's some, I think you know who I'm talking about, Pastor. I don't like them. They can go some other, but not here. And, and if that's you, by the way, um, shut up. Uh, shut up. Because I want the heart of Jesus Christ. And here's what I know. Here's what I know. For the most vile sinner that you can think of, Jesus died on that cross for them. For them. Not just you. You needed Jesus just as much as that person. You need Jesus just as much as that person in that false religion. Jesus died for them. Jesus is broken heart, uh, brokenhearted for them. I think the church needs to have their hearts broken again for the lost. I really do. I've met too many church people that are judgmental. We look at sinners and say, ugh, unclean. And I would say in the name of Jesus, get over yourself. Because if not for the grace of Jesus Christ, that would be you. Amen. The world needs Jesus. And it was enough for God to send his only son to die in my place 
that I would find him as Lord and Savior. Listen to me today, friend. If you are not serving Jesus today, Jesus does not look at you in, in an angry way. He's not disgusted by you. He doesn't think you're this or that. He's brokenhearted for you. He died for you. He loves you. And he wants you to come to a saving relationship with him. He wants to change your life. He wants to do what no one else can do for you or in you. He is brokenhearted for you, and he wants you to change. Will you come to Jesus today? If you don't know him, will you allow Jesus to make a triumphant entry into your life and into your heart and change you forever? That's why he went to the cross, not to make you happy, to make you holy. Christianity is not about the blessing, American Christianity. It's about seeing a world that needs Jesus desperately and seeing God change their lives and seeing that process happen over and over and over and over again. And this pastor just will not rest. I will not rest until, until he either takes me out or we see every person in this area reach for Jesus Christ. And we've got a huge task ahead of us. I will tell you, there are more people not going to church anywhere right now than there are going to church just in this city. I think we could reach many, many more people for the Lord. What do you say? So Jesus is brokenhearted for people who don't know him. Will you allow Jesus to change your life today? Ralph, if you can help me, I'd appreciate that. Perhaps you're in one of these categories today. (laughs) Maybe you're wondering, what is going on in my life? And and maybe Jesus' word to you is this, just trust me. I got a plan. I've got a purpose It may not make sense to you, but it doesn't have to make sense to you. It makes sense to me. And and maybe today is the day that you can walk out of here saying, okay, I don't understand it, but I trust the one who does. And that could be life-changing for somebody in here today. Maybe today, your walk with God, it's been kind of there, but... There's something fresh and new as a follower of Jesus Christ that God wants to do in your life. He, you sense that he wants to make his word come alive in you differently. That, that you, you sense in your heart that, that your time in prayer with him, it, it, it's, he wants to do something different. He wants to make his presence real to you. Welcome him. Welcome him. Let him do it. Oh, but what will people say? Oh, see, you're, you're going to always have people that are wavering as to what you're doing. You cannot allow the opinion of the Pharisees to stop you from reaching Jerusalem. Oh. You cannot allow the opinion of somebody else to keep you from the one whose opinion matters the most. If you don't know Jesus today, if you're not serving Jesus today, Today is your day. Today is your day. Today is the day to no longer play games. Because let me tell you, this is about eternity. 
Will you give your life to Jesus completely today? And let him do his work in your life. And just let him become your very best friend. Let him become your Lord, doing things his way, not your way. Will you allow today, Palm Sunday, 2022, to be the day that your life radically and completely changed because you allowed Jesus to come in? Or, or Christian, would you, allow, would you allow God to break your heart for the lost one more time? When you see whoever they are, when you see them walking on the sidewalk, will you let it break your heart instead of making fun of them? In, in, instead of judging them, instead of acting like that they're second class, maybe, maybe, maybe God could break the hearts of his church for the lost, just like Jesus did. Will you stand with me? I want to give you a chance today to respond to the Lord. And I know I've thrown a lot at you today, but hear, hear me today. That's the beauty of God's word. One passage of scripture can hit so many of us in so many different ways. And so this morning, I want to give you a chance. If, if, if you're in that, <laughs> if you're just scratching your head in life right now, you're not sure what's going on. Maybe today you need to say, Lord, I need that peace. In fact, let's bow our heads. Can we do that? Can we do that? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes just real quick. How many of you, I could pray for you today. Uh, you'll just say, Pastor, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at. I'm just going through some stuff right now. I don't get it. I don't understand. But I need the Lord's assurance that I can trust him through this and I can get through this. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all over the place. Yes. Lord, I don't get it. I don't know why you led me here. But God, I trust you enough that you can get me through. Follower of Jesus, is there something different you could do to make it more comfortable for Jesus to make his way into your life like never before? Maybe how you praise him. Maybe how you serve him. Maybe how you are devoted to him every day. And and you'll say, Pastor, that's me. I've been doing this for a while, Pastor, but I need things to change. I need a spiritual growth spurt in my life. And if that's you, I, again, I just want who I can pray for. If that's you, could you also slip your hand up? Some of you have already raised your hand before and you're raising it again. That's awesome. Yes, 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 yes. Some, some of us, some of us, the opinions of other people have really hurt us. And I'm not minimizing that because they were important people in your life and they have almost put a uh, an obstacle between you and Jesus because of what they say and what they think and how they treat you. And Jesus would say, my opinion is the one that matters the most. And you'll just say, pastor, pray for me today that I could get past the opinions of a certain person in my life that is really hurting me spiritually. And I need to do this regardless. I need to serve Jesus regardless of what they think. If that is you, who can I pray for for that? I want to pray for you as well. You can slip your hand up as well. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. My final question. And I'll be honest with you, it's the most important one. You'll say, Pastor, I'm not serving Jesus right now. I'm not right with him. And I need to be, I need to make my life totally right with Jesus Christ. I need him as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you once served him, but right now you're not. And you need to change things. Listen, folks, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. There's an Ohio State uh, 
football player who plays in the pros who died suddenly yesterday at the age of 24. None of us, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow, church. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. Pastor, that's harsh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we need to get real. And you'll say, Pastor, I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God. If that is you, no one's looking around. If that's you, could you just slip your hand up? I want to pray for you. And you can put it right back down. I want to embarrass you. Thank you. I'm not right with God. Thank you. I'm not right with God. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray a prayer, church. And I want you to pray with me. In fact, I want you to repeat after me is what I want you to do when I start praying. But I don't want it to stop there. I think some of you need to spend some time talking to that King of Kings as he tries to enter into your life in a more triumphant way than you've ever experienced before. And today, would you, would you get alone with him? Would you get alone with Jesus and let him speak to you and you with him and give him what's on your heart today? Whether you raised your hand or not, would you spend some time with him before you leave here? So I'm going to pray. And then I invite you after I'm done praying for you to find a place to pray. Maybe at this front area here at the altar. Maybe you want to sit or turn at your seat. But whatever the case, we're going to make this place a place of prayer. If you want to fellowship with one another, let's do that in the lobby so that we don't disturb those who might be praying, okay? So dear Jesus, I ask you right now that your Holy Spirit would touch those who are in need of you today. God, we need you to do something new in our lives. God, we have been impacted by the opinions of other people. God, we have seen things take place in our lives where we just need you fresh and anew again. Lord, some of us, we are just so confused with where we're at. And God, I pray that we would trust you like we've never trusted you before, Lord God. And we would know, even though we haven't figured it out, God, we would know that you have a plan. And you can speak to that. And Lord, together, we pray this prayer. Repeat this for you, church. Dear Jesus, I ask you, come into my life. Forgive me of all of my sin. Become my Lord and my Savior. And help me every day to live for you. To do things your way instead of my way. Change me every day and help me to be more like you in your name and now lord jesus go with us now lord jesus meet with us now lord jesus speak to us i pray and we'll thank you for what's done in jesus name amen if you need to pray do so right now if god's released you you consider yourself dismissed god bless